Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Radically Loved Radio. We are joined by a very special guest today. Today is a very, very special day, and we wanted to do this bonus episode for all of you because we want to tell you about what today is. Today, we have Jasmine Jenkins on the podcast. She's an integrative grief guide, and she's also the founder of Fall Up. Today is... Sunday, August 30th, and it's National Grief Awareness Day. And who better to tell us about what today means and what it means for us and what we can do than somebody who has devoted her career to exploring this topic. So Jasmine, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Rosie. So happy to be here with you. And thank you for, for taking the, the time to honor the importance of this day. Yeah. So I, you know, it's interesting because I, I had no, until you told me about it, I had no idea like that we even had a day dedicated to a topic like grief. Um, you know, what, what is this day for? What, what does it mean? And, and, how can others be involved? Like, tell us about what today is and what it means for you. Sure. Well, firstly, I want to um, I want to acknowledge the woman who Angie Cartwright, who um, is has spearheaded making this day a thing. Um, so she started this um, became an unofficial official day. There's still a change.org petition to make it an official day, um, but she had three really profound losses in her family. And August 30th um, is actually the anniversary of her mom's passing. So she made, um, made this day to honor um, that grief and in turn invites all of us to be aware of our grief. And I think the fact that we have a day that gives us permission to be aware of our grief is such a commentary on where, on where we need to keep growing in terms of our conversation with grief because think about how many times we breathe per day and we don't have a breath awareness day, you know, mm, it's like yeah. grief is a part of the human journey. It's a part. It's an, even if you see someone and you don't think that they're grieving, it's just practicing like, you know, you with radically loved. It's like practicing that radical um, acceptance and, and, and love in its own way, knowing that everybody's grieving in one way or another. Mm, I mean, especially right now, right? I mean, it feels like it's so heavy. I mean, Think of all the thousands of people that have that have died, you know, because of a virus. And it's just and just the grieving of our lives ceasing not being normal anymore. I mean, this is this is a new normal, right? It absolutely is. And yes, I think the interesting thing about this year, which I 
I'm grateful to be in the present moment, but I'm also looking forward to 2021 and we can look back on this year and be like, that's why hindsight is 2020, you know? Um, oh, that's good. But that's really good. Um, I, it, I think the interesting thing about this year is it's not that all of a sudden we, we have grief. We've always had grief. It's just, this has been a year that's really amplified the reality of grief. And we've certainly, because of COVID-19, and, you know, thank God the racial uprising that's happening. There's a lot, there's just all the grief has kind of come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. So now it's about figuring out how do we, how do we meet this conversation with grace? And that's where, um, and kind of fully answering your question, um, the campaign that I'm uh, releasing today, uh, Grief is Universal, is really meant to bring everyone into the truth that grief is a universal human experience. And in the same way that grief is universal, so is love. And even though we may feel alone in our grief, everybody is grieving right now. And this is a year that has amplified it um, for a reason, because obviously things come up to be healed. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about grief as an invitation for transformation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, Well, there's so much uh, resistance around grief. And that's in, in the same way that many of us know that suffering is resistance to pain. We resist the, the pain of our grief. And when we can bring in that miraculous perspective shift of, oh, this is actually an, an invitation for me to open up to the impermanence of all of this because we are mortal beings having our spiritual um, we're sorry we're spiritual beings rather having a, um, a human experience and when we can be more alive to that we get to be more open to the beauty of life so um, I in the same way that when we receive an invitation in the mail, there usually isn't a hesitation to open it. It's like the first thing that we open when we get our mail. It's it's bringing that um, mindset into our grief, that it doesn't need to be this grim reaper that we keep at the door in the dungeon of our soul. It's like, actually, this is here to wake me up into presence and impermanence and beauty and really living alive to all of it. That's what I mean when I say that grief is an invitation. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's so good, but yeah, it's still, yeah, it's really daunting, you know, to be able to deal with something that's that intense, you know, for a lot of people. Um, I myself have lost people close to me and I, I experienced death at a very young age. And so it, it became, um, you know, uh, something that I was very familiar with. from being young. And I I know people today that friends that I've made that I've never had to deal with grief. And I'm not saying grief from death. That's, that's my, when I think about grief, I think of that kind of grief, but there's grief, relationship grief, you know, grieving a relationship, grieving a job, grieving a career, grieving a stage of life. Um, Mm -hmm. So for you, what was it that, what happened if you don't mind sharing that brought you to doing this work? Um, sure. I'm, I, I have, will happily speak to that. I just want to honor the fact that what you are speaking to with the career and the relationship, um, I think a lot of people do associate grief with death and that's why they dismiss mm. those, the reality of the grief around those transitions in their life. Cause there's a spectrum of grief. And yes, there is that grief, that really profound grief that comes from death, but there's also grief that comes from even positive transitions. Like when a couple has a baby, 
there's a, there's a grief that comes in because roles are changing. There's transition. Um, you're, you know, it's like a snake shedding its skin. You can't go back into that skin. So mm. you have to, to release it. Um, but I just wanted to honor that um, for, for people who are listening that are, that are in that camp of, well, I haven't lost anyone, but I still feel sadness mm-hmm. or anger or whatever around what's happened yes. perhaps since March. And yeah, that's grief. So validating that and knowing that, you know, giving yourself the permission to be a human grieving um, and, and being real with that. Um, so I, yeah, I think a lot of times we, um, as a society, dismiss our own grief because we have a story that, oh, I haven't been to a funeral, so this doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I have people come to my groups and it's kind of like, they're kind of like little kids that are peeking through the blinds, like looking outside. That's how I feel like people will come and be like, well, I, I mean, I think I've, I've probably, I, I don't know, like, I think I probably have grief, but I, I just don't even really know what it is. Because we have this pattern of dismissing our feelings and grief is, you know, um, I was on the early team at Thinks and grief is still tantamount to, you know, periods and taxes and all the taboo subjects. So that's where I get excited about bringing people into this conversation because the more in flow you can be with a conversation of grief, the more in flow you can be with life. Yeah, I love what you said about, and I still want you to answer the question of how how it, you you came to this. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, but you said grief. Can you just define what grief is? Like, what does it look like for us? You know, in, in this definition that you're talking of, because I, as you're speaking, I'm also thinking about the 40 million plus people that have lost their jobs who are grieving that. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And on, and honoring, honoring that, um, in the collective, because when we honor that in the collective, we can honor that in ourselves too, whatever that, um, Mm -hmm. that experience is. And, you know, Rosie, at the most fundamental level, grief arises when we have an unmet expectation, really, we have an unmet expectation. We have an unexpected transition, something that shakes us a bit. And we have, we're, we're at that place that we didn't expect to be at. And so that, uh, that to me is, has been the most um, helpful way to explain grief to others. Um, it's an unmet expectation mm-hmm. that arises and that surfaces. And then you're kind of, sometimes it's like you're in that situation where your hair has been blown to the back of your head and it's a totally, it's a massive unexpected transition. And, and you know, other times, you know, you can have grief when you expect that you're going to Um, meet someone and they don't meet you or they don't communicate that can also be grief so there's a whole spectrum and different textures and different layers but being mindful that the heart of the issue with with grief is the heart so anytime you feel something in your heart being curious about it um, because it might be grief yeah yeah I like that I think that's really um that's a really poignant thing to be aware of um how long do we get to grieve? Is there a timeline for it? I've always been curious about that because I know that, again, depending on the spectrum of grief that you're in, it can last years, it can last months, it can last days, it can last a lifetime. So what, is, what, what do you think about that? It's a really... Um important question that services a lot. And I think what it, um, 
what it bring, what I feel, how I often feel called to answer it is that one, there's no timeline for grief. Grief requires an endless amount of grace with ourselves and with others. And to really know that in the same way that we all have our, you know, our to-do lists and our goals and everything, um, grief is not a thing that we can rush through. It's a part, it's a part of our, it becomes a part of our whole. And that's why we have to let it in. And that's why um, I mean, I honor the, um, the integration that is necessary in, in terms of um, my role as an integrative grief guide, because if we keep grief outside of our being, we're keeping key lessons and wisdom and insights outside of our being. So there is no timeline for grief. Um, you, the more that you can go into your feelings, the more that you will continue to engage healing. Um, and one thing I do want to say is that when you have a more traumatic grief, um, you, you know, you really do need to um, explore healing modalities with intention so that you can accelerate your healing. Um, but everyone's grief is as unique as their fingerprint. So the grief journey in turn is going to be uniquely yours and that's where, again, at the risk of redundancy, grace is so important, and so is gentleness. Uh, it's a becoming. It's not. Uh, it's and a thing to integrate with. It's not about. Um, it's it's not about something that we have to. We can't rush through grief. That's the yeah. point. Like there's a beautiful Trevor Hall song, "You Can't Rush Your Healing," and I I think it's really apropos for um, for grief as well. Yeah, I I want to echo that. I totally agree. And I, I can see how that would be way more um, helpful in, in the spectrum of, of time during this, during a time where you're in this space, right? While you're grieving. Did you know that there is one phase of sleep that almost everyone fails to get enough of? And this is the one phase of sleep that is responsible for most of your body's daily rejuvenation, repair, controlling hunger, weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and so much more. I'm talking about deep sleep. And if you don't get enough, you'll probably always struggle with cravings, slow metabolism, premature aging, or even worse conditions. Why don't most people get enough of this one important phase of sleep? A big reason is magnesium deficiency, because over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium. Magnesium increases GABA, which encourages relaxation on a cellular level, which is critical for sleep. Magnesium also plays a key role in regulating your body's stress response system. Those with magnesium deficiency usually have higher anxiety and stress levels, which negatively impacts sleep as well. Now, before you go out and buy a magnesium supplement, it's important to understand that the most magnesium products out there are either synthetic or only have one or two forms of magnesium. When in reality, your body needs all seven forms of this essential sleep mineral. That's why I recommend a product my friends over at BioOptimizers created called Magnesium Breakthrough. Taking this magnesium before bed helps you relax and wake up refreshed and energized. And this is when I take it. The deep sleep benefits are really noticeable. I also love that BioOptimizers offers free shipping on select orders. And they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee on all their products, plus they have a customer satisfaction rating of 99.3%. Very impressive. You can get 10% off of Magnesium Breakthrough, the best aid I know for boosting deep sleep. 
at biooptimizers.com forward slash radically loved. Be sure to use the radically loved 10 for a 10% off. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D. And don't forget to use the code radically loved 10. And now back to our show. You talked about um, different types of modalities for um, healing. What kind of modalities have you found to be the most helpful during a grieving time? And just there's a, can we pause? There's a, sorry, can you kindly ask the question again? There, you, you just, you talked about different types of modalities Mm -hmm. on, um, in, in, in your journey of healing grief or in, in our journey of healing, what kind of modalities have you found to be the most helpful during this journey? Um, so I had circling back into in um, answering this question while also answering one of your earlier questions. My initiation points with grief, um, I lost my mom when I was 15 to cancer. And then at um, 25, I lost my brother to suicide. So there, there are different sorts of traumatic deaths, but the, anyone who's, who's experienced a suicide, uh, that's a traumatic, a traumatic grief that happens. And so I um, was really grateful to have been encouraged um, by my dad to to really look at, um, at therapy. I'd never really honestly done therapy before that. And through that, I found the modality of EMDR, which is incredibly healing for trauma and really got me out of that place, um, that I was stuck in. So EMDR was a very powerful, um, modality. Um, it helped me with both of those, um, deaths in its own way. And I think traditional talk therapy can be valuable, um, I do think sometimes it can be a bit uh, regressive. Um, it's certainly been helpful. And honestly, Rosie, the most transformational modality for me has been um, plant medicine and opening up to the, the healing that, um, you know, I started on that path five years ago. And plant medicine allowed me to get into the deepest layer of my grief and to access it. Because I think, you know, grief, as I said earlier, it's a multi-layered emotional experience and we heal in layers. And I think therapy can help us and traditional kind of guidance work can help us clear through um, those top layers, but there's stuff that can stay lodged, especially when you have traumatic grief. And I don't think that plant medicine is for everyone. It certainly is not. But in speaking to your question about what has helped me, um, plant medicine absolutely um, has been an integral part of my healing. What, what plant medicine in specific can you can you tell us? Sure. So my, for my initiation into plant medicine was with um, grandmother medicine or ayahuasca. And I've um, opened up to other um, modalities through um, other communities and um, Kana actually, which is a, a South African um, plant uh, medicine has been incredibly healing for uh, the heart, my heart. It's been really um, powerful. Um, but obviously there's a whole wheel and, um, I'm, I've been blessed by a lot of different aspects, but I would say those are the uh, plant medicine, but, um, grandmother medicine and Kana have been my primary teachers. And what about for people that don't partake in 
plant medicines? Like what, what are some ways that you've seen just in your experience as a guide um, that have been helpful for them? Sure. So um, I do want to, yes, there are the psychoactive plant medicines, but there are also non-psychoactive plant medicines. Like I work with flower essences. Um, There's a beautiful brand called Lotus Way and I bring Um, I bring Katie's magical tinctures into my, my energetic field every day in one way or another. And she has an elixir called self heal, which is very, very um, powerful for, for grief. Cause you're, as um, your audience may or may not know, when you're working with the plant medicine and flower essences, you're receiving the vibrational imprint of the flowers. Um, And so I do want to honor the flower essences, which can be helpful for people who may not feel called to psychoactive plant medicine. And then tea, Mm, just the ritual of tea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The ritual of tea. And I, you know, I often invite people um, one-on-one or in groups who are newly in the throes of grief to bring the, um, to start to see their morning tea as an opportunity to connect with their grief. So making the tea and while they're making it and, and steeping it and sitting with it, not on their phones, um, <laughs> starting that, that practice of loving inquiry, like how, how is my heart in this? How is my grief in this? Yeah. Um, where do I need to be held and, and what do I need to heal? And just that morning check-in can be such a powerful way to, to love ourselves and tea as um, the catalyst for that internal check-in. Yeah, I love that. That's my ritual. I think that for me, oh my God, the dogs. Um, they're just like tick ticks. You guys, everybody that's listening knows that I'm recording from home today, just so you guys know, which has happened uh, a lot since COVID started. But they, uh, they're just tick tick ticking around. But tea for me has always been that um, ritual, that type of healing modality for me. I love matcha ceremony. I love tea ceremony. And, and for me, it's always been that, that thing that I can anchor myself in whenever I'm feeling upset or ungrounded, or I'm feeling, yeah, like I'm grieving something or there's, there's just some heaviness. I, I always, tea for me, just, it reminds me of my grandmother. My grandmother used to make me little tinctures when I was little. She used to grow these different herbs. And so it's very sort of nostalgic and it's also, it just feels very healing for me. So, so I love that you said that. And I love that you said mm-hmm. that the flower, flower medicine leaves the imprint within us. Mm-hmm. I, I love that a lot because I feel like, especially for women, it, it just could be such an empowering thing. So you talked about shared grief is shared courage. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of etymology and Ooh, yes. <clears throat> um, I just, I, I, in college I studied foreign language and it's just, it's um, I, I get like so excited um, with ah. language and, and looking at the trees of language and um, with my point in mentioning this is that with grief, um, the etymology of grief traces back to burden. And a lot of times without that awareness, people carry, you know, we carry our grief like um, a burden and we, 
when yet when we can come into the awareness that by opening up in a safe in a safe space, whether it's a circle or with a trusted friend or a guide or a therapist, um, we were actually um, expanding in our hearts in courage. And you know, courage traces back to heart. You know, C O R in, in Latin for heart. So. Um, what I mean when I say that shared grief is shared courage is that by unburdening ourselves with our, with our voices, we are putting our, our medicine, our stories into the collective so that other people can connect with those pieces and in turn reconnect with themselves. Mm. And we're also in sharing, opening up to the alchemization that's possible in no longer feeling like this is something that I have to hold within because if I actually breathe my words into this experience, I'm going to, to hold other people down when it's the opposite. When people start to, whenever I start, whether it's a one-on-one or a circle, I acknowledge that grief work is work of the courageous hearts and that you see people's bodies shift. And it's like, yeah, I'm a fucking courageous heart. Like I am a courageous heart. I am doing this work and I know that this is a becoming and um, something that I want to say about grief, especially in circle spaces, is that sometimes we have, in the same way that we compare our stories, our lives to each other, we also compare our grief, right? You can't do one thing and not do it in other ways. Um, but we have to challenge ourselves to not compare our grief and to know that our grief is medicine for the collective. And mm-hmm. that when we can courageously share, we're not just healing ourselves, but we, we're opening up others to be in a place of healing with their hearts as well. Mm, I love that. That's so, that's so loving. It's so, it's so nice. Um, what do you, what do you wish people would, I'm going to reframe this. What do you think is the most important thing people should know about grief? Um, it's a, complex, multi-layered experience that requires gentleness. And gentleness is the medicine for grief. We cannot heal through our grief if we don't bring gentleness to, um, to our grief and to our story. And really to know um, that everyone is grieving and to practice, um, practicing the blessing of others is practicing the blessing of our own stories, whether it's the person that's making making your matcha or the person that you see walking your dog down the street, everybody's grieving. So knowing that and bringing gentleness to the collective with that truth. I love that. What do you think that, mm, I think it's such a lovely invitation for us to, really stand in that space of grief of upset or feeling that pang in the heart right i think it's important for us to not want to hit the fast forward button for the people that are listening to this and want to do something if there's, is there a practice? Is there a thing? Is there a place? Like what can they do to feel safe in feeling that grief? Great question. Um, I think it's, um, it's really about asking, opening up. So grief, 
allows us when we feel through its layers to to return to our hearts and so and we begin that process by opening up um, opening up that conversation so asking your heart what it needs and knowing so the framework that i teach from the four invitations of grief um, knowing that every invitation has a different pathway and um, you you need to uh, just be gentle and as i've already said the in my invitations and i'm sharing this because i think that these might be helpful are the invitation to pause breathe feel and heal and to almost use those as a mantra when you're feeling in that when you're feeling like you're in that place of like when is this going to end like is this is this sadness ever going to end and just okay i'm going to settle myself by knowing that this is even though I may not feel like it right now, I'm going to trust, trust that this is an invitation of transformation. And I'm going to pause because we can't change direction and grow. If we don't pause, I'm going to pause, breathe, feel, and heal. And I use that when I'm in a place of heightened grief or um, activated in a way. And I think bringing that just mindset and pausing, breathing, feeling, healing is great. And of course, you know, if it's not too um, woo-woo for you, putting your hand on your heart and just acknowledging, acknowledging that um, this is, it's a process and grief can take us out of trusting life, but healing our grief brings us back into capital T trusting life. Mm. Yeah. I love and we, that. we start that by reconnecting to our heart and the hand helps a lot. <laughs> Yeah. I like the hand. Everybody listening to this is woo already. Um, and if you're not, then you're on your way. No, I'm just kidding. If you're not, that's totally great too. Um, yeah, we love, we love hand heart situations for the people that are listening to this right now. It's Sunday, maybe they're out on a walk and they had no idea that today was national grief awareness day what can they do to honor themselves or honor somebody that they know that might be going through grief? Thank you for the question. Um, so I, the message that I'm hoping to amplify this day and moving forward is that grief is universal <clears throat> and grief, as I've touched on a few, you know, throughout this, this beautiful conversation, um, we can feel so alone in our grief, but when we remember that this is actually an upgrade um, and grief is universal and everyone is experiencing it. So if you want to, if you're feeling like a courageous heart today, you can go to um, griefisuniversal.com and you can actually anonymously share um, grief that you're ready to let go of. Um, so this is a, um, a vision that I have held and, and co-created with Healer Collective and then my um, dear friend, Allie, who's a beautiful artist and Marcy um, Hancock. And so I think that's a, a really beautiful way to just practice letting go um, of grief that maybe you've been carrying for too long. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much for this bonus episode. Thank you guys for listening to this. I want to just take a moment to thank you, Jasmine, for joining us on this very special day. Thank you so much for telling us about it and for talking about grief. We've actually never had somebody on the show to talk about it. So this has been really, really great and uh, a great time for us to just, yeah, just acknowledge and 
honor where we are in, in this process and in this time. For the people that are listening to this, where can they go for more information? Where can they connect with you? Um, thank you. Griefisuniversal.com is, is my, my site to, to honor this day in particular. Um, if you want to learn more about um, uh, perhaps exploring guidance work with me, wefallup.com is my website. Cool. Thank you. So for everybody, I know that, you know, this is again, uh, just a special, a special episode for us here on this Sunday, beautiful Sunday afternoon where, no, hold on. What do I want to say here? So on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, um, I just want to take a moment to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests. And the question is about this particular podcast. It's about radical love and what radical love means to everybody that's listening. You know, for the longest time, every episode, I'll always describe radical love as that force that that's something out there that's in, in here, the same sort of, um, everything that exists within us is out in the universe. Everything that's in the universe exists within us. And the whole idea is that we are radically loved and supported by that force, that thing, that space, that essence, whatever that is for you. So the question for you is how do you feel radically loved? Uh, I love that question. Um, I feel radically loved in uh, prayer and in meditation. Um, I was blessed to have been mentored by Layla Delia for a few months this year. And she really, I'd always had a reverence for prayer. And I think part of undoing my religiosity was coming into a new relationship with prayer and understanding that it's a medium for miracles. Um, but Layla really brought me into the, the mindset and the awareness that prayer is a technology and the technology of communication with the divine. And in my desire to live in divine partnership um, with every aspect of my life, um, prayer is what brings that into my being and into my life. And it is what, for me, cultivates a presence, the presence of love with the divine that empowers me to be um, hopefully radically loving in the world. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine, Thank you. so much for spending some time with us. And we hope that you come back and join us soon. And we are so, so grateful for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. And we can't wait to get to know more and to experience everything that you have to offer. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you so much. Have a blessed rest of your Sunday. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.